Chapter fifty six of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume three, Part one by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Monsieur de la Fontaine's Wine. Carriages were already bringing the guests of Fouquet to Saint Mande. Already the whole house was getting warm with the preparations for supper when the superintendent launched his fleet horses upon the road to Paris, and going by the quays in order to meet fewer people on the way, soon reached the Hotel de Ville. It wanted a quarter to eight. Fouquet alighted at the corner of the Rue de Longpont, and on foot directed his course toward the Place de Greve, accompanied by Gourville. At the turning of the place they saw a man dressed in black and violet, of dignified mien, who was preparing to get into a hired carriage, and told the coachman to stop at Vincennes. He had before him a large hamper filled with bottles, which he had just purchased at the cabaret with the sign of L'Image de Notre Dame. "'Eh! But!' "'That is Vettel, my maitre d'hôtel,' said Fouquet de Gourville. "'Yes, monseigneur,' replied the latter. "'What can he have been doing at the sign of Limoges de Notre-Dame?' "'Buying wine, no doubt.' "'What, my wine for me, at a cabaret?' said Fouquet. "'My cellar, then, must be in a miserable condition.' and he advanced toward the maitre d'hôtel, who was arranging his bottles in the carriage with the most minute care. "'Hola, Vettel,' said he in the voice of a master. "'Take care, monseigneur,' said Gourville. "'You will be recognized.' "'Very well. Of what consequence? Vettel!' The man dressed in black and violet turned around. He had a good and mild countenance without expression, a mathematician minus the pride, a certain fire sparkled in the eyes of this personage. A rather sly smile played round his lips, but the observer might soon have remarked that this fire and this smile applied to nothing, enlightened nothing. Vatel laughed like an absent man, and amused himself like a child. At the sound of his master's voice he turned round, exclaiming, "'Oh, Monseigneur!' "'Yes, it is I. What the devil are you doing here, Vatel? "'Wine?' "'You are buying wine at a cabaret in the Place de Greve.' "'But, Monseigneur,' said Vatel quietly, after having darted a hostile glance at Gourville, "'why am I interfered with here? Is my cellar kept in bad order?' "'No, Chertes, Vatel, no, but—' "'But what?' replied Vatel. Gourville touched Fouquet's elbow— don't be angry, Fatel. I thought my cellar, your cellar, sufficiently well stocked for us to be able to dispense with recourse to the cellar of Limoges de Notre Dame. Eh, monsieur, said Vatel, shrinking from Monseigneur to Monsieur with a degree of disdain. Your cellar is so well stocked that when certain of your guests dine with you, they have nothing to drink. Fouquet, in great surprise, looked at Gourville what do you mean by that i mean that your butler had not wine for all tastes monsieur and that monsieur de la fontaine monsieur pelisson and monsieur conrad do not drink when they come to the house these gentlemen do not like strong wine what is to be done then well and therefore well then i have found here a vin de joigny which they like I know they come once a week to drink at the Image de Notre-Dame. That is the reason I am making this provision. 
Fouquet had no more to say. He was convinced. Vatel, on his part, had much more to say, without doubt, and it was plain he was getting warm. "'It is just as if you would reproach me, Monseigneur, for going to the Rue Planche Milbray, to fetch myself the cider Monsieur Loret drinks when he comes to dine at your house.' "'Loret drinks cider at my house?' cried Fouquet, laughing. "'Certainly he does, monsieur, and that is the reason why he dines there with pleasure.' "'Vatel,' cried Fouquet, pressing the hand of his maitre d'hôtel, "'you are a fine man. I thank you, Vatel, for having understood that at my house Monsieur de la Fontaine, Monsieur Conrad, and Monsieur Loret are as great as dukes and peers, as great as princes, greater than myself. Vatel, you are a good servant, and I double your salary. Vatel did not even thank his master. He merely shrugged his shoulders a little, murmuring his superb sentiment. To be thanked for having done one's duty is humiliating. He is right, said Gourville, as he drew Fouquet's attention by a gesture to another point. He showed him a low-built tumbrel, drawn by two horses, upon which rocked two strong gibbets, bound together, back to back, by chains, whilst an archer, seated upon the cross-beam, suffered as well as he could, with his head cast down the comments of a hundred vagabonds who guessed the destination of the gibbets, and were escorting them to the Hotel de Ville. Fouquet started. "'It is decided, you see,' said Gourville. "'But it is not done,' replied Fouquet. "'Oh, do not flatter yourself, Monseigneur, if they have thus lulled your friendship and suspicions. If things have gone so far, you will be able to undo nothing.' "'But I have not given my sanction.' "'Monsieur de Lyon has ratified for you.' "'I will go to the Louvre.' "'Oh!' no you will not would you advise such baseness cried fouquet would you advise me to abandon my friends would you advise me whilst able to fight to throw the arms i hold in my hand to the ground i do not advise you to do anything of the kind monseigneur are you in a position to quit the post of superintendent at this moment no well if the king wishes to displace you he will displace me absent as well as present yes but you will not have insulted him yes but i shall have been base now i am not willing that my friends should die and they shall not die for that it is necessary you should go to the louvre is it not gourville beware once at the louvre you will be forced to defend your friends openly that is to say to make a profession of faith or you will be forced to abandon them irrevocably never pardon me the king will propose the alternative to you rigorously or else you will propose it to him yourself that is true that is the reason why conflict must be avoided. Let us return to St. Mande, Monseigneur. Gourville, 
I will not stir from this place, where the crime is to be carried out, where my disgrace is to be accomplished. I will not stir, I say, till I have found some means of combating my enemies. Monseigneur, replied Gourville, you would excite my pity if I did not know you for one of the great spirits of this world. You possess a hundred and fifty millions. You are equal to the king in position, and a hundred and fifty millions is superior in money. Monsieur Colbert has not even had the wit to have the will of Mazarin accepted. Now, when a man is the richest person in a kingdom, and will take the trouble to spend the money, if things are done he does not like, it is because he is a poor man. Let us return to saint Mond, I say. To consult with Pelisson. We will. So be it said Fouquet with angry eyes. Yes, to Saint-Mande. He got into his carriage again, and Gourville with him. Upon their road at the end of the Faubourg Saint-Antoine, they overtook the humble equipage of Vatel, who was quietly conveying home his van de Wagny. The black horses, going at a swift pace, alarmed as they passed, the timid hack of the maitre d'hôtel, who, putting his head out of the window, cried in affright, "'Take care of my bottles!' End of chapter 56. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.